Do you like to see the menu? Welcome to Rich and Rod's WSL Takeout. On today's menu, we have the pea soup special. We're talking about player performance and pitch performance. Each have their own spice rating. And as part of the main ditch, we are talk about the officials in the game. Some of the officials get dished or dissed, depending on the spice rating. I'm joined by the one and only Richard. How are you, Richard? Oh, hi, Rodney. Yeah, very well, thanks. Uh, you okay? Yeah, I'm not too bad. We've got a lot to serve up today on this takeout menu. You know, there's uh, there's so many games that took place at the weekend or didn't take place on the schedule. There was Liverpool versus Birmingham, obviously, Reading, Man United, Chelsea and West Ham, which was definitely up there in terms of the heat factor. Tottenham, another game versus Bristol, which you can talk about. Man City and Arsenal and Brighton versus Everton. During today's podcast, we're going to also hear from uh, the Reading women's manager, Kelly Chambers, and find out her post-match comments. But Richard, you were on your way to a big game in London, and what happened? Well, it was, um, I was on the coach, and I got to, as far as Heathrow, to find out that our game had been uh, had been postponed to a waterlogged pitch. So, um so what we did then is uh, is made is made way to uh, Chelsea against um, West Ham. And, well, that, uh, it, yeah. it, it goes to show that you were thinking on your feet. Yeah, I think that was uh, well. I was trying to make the best of a, a bad situation, but um, yeah, met up with some uh, West Ham friends of mine in a uh, uh, down there at uh, Kings Meadow, and um, yeah, what well what we saw there was uh, you know we weren't expecting to see an eight 0 were we? To be fair. So no, no, we weren't. No, we weren't. But in terms of you know the game that you were due to go to, um, obviously Tottenham were due to play uh, Bristol. The game was postponed. There has been an issue about some of the pitches uh, this season, and it's been highlighted again. I mean, travelling from Bristol as you were uh, at the weekend. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I've got the thing about that game is I didn't really. There was no preemption that it was going to be off there was no sort of feeling about I mean there wasn't a lot of the weather wasn't too bad at the time and um over the weekend and yeah I was a bit surprised really when uh when I heard the news it, it um that it'd been um that it'd been called off but but the thing is but somebody said to me that they've got a lot on their plate there um at Barnet haven't they I mean you've got Barnet men play there London yeah. bees play there uh Tottenham 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 women play there so I'm thinking maybe you know, is that too many teams for one ground? Mm. I mean, that that in itself is a, a a bigger question for the Women's Super League. You know, the, they have to have these kind of regulations in terms of what the teams need to have in terms of a ground. It might be that Tottenham need to move to another ground or even London Bees because, you know, the ground itself is really good. You know, the facilities there are, are, are decent enough that, that fans can feel comfortable and get their half-time refreshments and before the game. But the pitch, you would never have thought that the pitch wouldn't have been ready for a game in a weekend where there wasn't any real heavy rain. So uh, I was very surprised and I, I was, my heart went out to you on Twitter when I saw the news. I was thinking, what is he going to do? Yeah, it was, um, I've got to say, yeah, it was surprising. Um I was grand. I was really looking forward to going to. Um, I've heard a lot about, um, you know, the the facilities there. That it's a, uh, you know, it's a nice, a nice ground. So, but yeah, a, a bit of a shame. But but on the plus side, um, it gives our, it gave our players. We got a lot of new players, so it gives it gives them another 
week or so to to sort of bed in, if you like. And of course, we're, uh, hopefully, then when we play Tottenham in the rearranged game, we'll have um, Legazo obviously playing for us, the new signing. So yeah, it was. It's not a complete disaster. No, it's not a complete disaster. But you know, with uh, the weeks running away in terms of the the number of fixes that they can actually fit in, it's going to put some pressure on Bristol, though, isn't it? Really, in terms of the league position that they're currently in now, that, that it will ratchet up the tension. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of them. Um, I mean, we kept we kept saying this in the league games. This is a big, this is a must-win game. This is a must-win game, and we're just not winning these must-win games. So um, there come there will come a time now, and I think really in the next game or so where we we really do have to start putting big points on the board. Yeah, it's going to be definitely uh, when when that that fixture does take place, it will be a spicy affair. Uh, hopefully, you'll be able to make. Uh, the rearranged fixture and it's at a, a a decent and reasonable time for you to get to and uh, they have a weather warning in case it's called off again yeah that would be uh that would be one good thing but the only good thing i suppose is at least we've played uh we've played our game against um, liverpool away <laughs> yeah you you've said you don't need to worry about that trip anymore so obviously you 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 know Change of plans. You're in London. You then decide to go to uh, watch Chelsea play. Come on, you know. In terms of the rating, we've got the spice rating from lemon and herb to jerk. That must have been a really good game to go and watch. Well, it was uh, Chelsea. Were um, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? We played. Um, we played Chelsea. I mean, they are they're a different animal this year. And don't forget, they didn't have they didn't have. Um, Kerr, they didn't have G, they didn't have Kirby, and they were just um, sensational. I think West Ham made them look a bit good, if, if I'm truthful. But yeah, they are. Um, they were a bit good on on Sunday. They were absolutely phenomenal. I mean, obviously, I was elsewhere. I was watching Reading versus Manchester United. So from the highlights that I was able to see, when you see the goals, and when we spoke last time, I was really raving about Cuthbert. This was her game. This oh, was her was, game. She was sensational on Sunday. Yeah, she. Um, I mean, that what that. I think it was the third goal, third or fourth goal that she it's scored. The four, it was the fourth goal. The fourth goal. Yeah, that was an absolute work of art. Way she um, dribbled um, and took the shot off. I mean, that was yeah, that was one of the goals of the season for me. And we, I was, I didn't get a really good look at it. Uh, to be fair, well, we saw it, but um, had to what had to watch the highlights to enjoy it in its entirety because obviously we were at the other um at the other end of the ground. Yeah, do you know something? I have to be honest with you. When we talk about uh, player rating in terms of spice or goal rating in terms of spice, Erin Cuthbert's goal this weekend definitely has all of the hot pepper spice that you can probably think on. The pass was fantastic. If if we really do. Um, go out of our way sometimes not to compare the women's game to the men's game but on this occasion the pass was great and if it was from Pogba or De Bruyne we'd be talking about it forever but the skill that she took she literally flicked it around the defender with her right foot and dispatched it with her left and if Messi had scored that goal we'd probably be watching it for at least another 10 years it was that good spice level it was fire absolute fire and um, she um, had an assist as well, at least two assists uh, during that game. So it, this was a game where she shone when all of the other top stars in that Chelsea lineup were missing. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, they, she was um, 
yeah, she came to the party, didn't she? And she, yeah, she was absolutely sensational um, on Sunday. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was a, a pretty amazing performance by the whole team, to be fair, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and on, on, the, on the flip side of that, there's West Ham, who you have to feel sorry for them, you know, because, you know, we, I was kind of moaning a little bit when Arsenal t- um, took the, the sword to Bristol earlier in the season and uh, you thought oh gosh you don't want to see that happening in, in any game um, but Chelsea on the form that they have shown so far particularly since the start of 2020 really turned the screw on that West Ham team West Ham were as they say were they were peppered in, in, in the spice sense they they didn't know what to do and I, I felt for them and I felt for their manager at the end of the game yeah totally I mean um, Matt Beard and uh, Jilly Flaherty there you know the cap, their captain. They they're two people that wear their heart on their sleeve, um, and I, you know, they they feel you you see that they feel um, every mm. you know every bad result, and they even I see on on Twitter the Sunday evening they actually come out and apologise to the fans. You know that's that's what they are. I mean, so yeah, I really felt I really felt sorry for them to be fair. Yeah, there are some managers who just manage the club, but they are fans and supporters who manage the club. And uh, when you get a defeat in, in the fashion that you do, uh, it's very hard for, for a manager to take. And I, I, I did feel for him uh, listening to his post-match comments um, during the game or after the game. And uh, yeah, and the players, obviously, for West Ham, they would uh, no doubt be upset about that kind of scoreline. And hopefully uh, they will have rallied around the, each other in the week and they'll try and kind of correct that in their next game. Um, you know... There were so many other good games in the week, this weekend, I'm sure. Obviously, we were expecting um, the Liverpool game to be a good game in terms of Birmingham. Birmingham were doing well, but another postponement in terms of pitch. And Liverpool have been in it a little bit in terms of uh, games being postponed and, and the pitch condition. Uh, there was mention of it before, uh, earlier in the season, by one of the managers. And again, it's happened. And I don't know whether or not Liverpool are going to be in a position, uh, should they stay up or whether they go down and come back up, whether they can stay where they are and, and the pitches are a concern. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I saw the, um, to, be, to be fair, I, I saw the picture of the pitch and it actually looked like, um, well, it looked like a cricket pitch. I, th- I thought it was a cricket pitch at first. It was all, There was just dirt everywhere and it was... And then you saw it, and it it just looked like a mud bath. It, it looked absolutely terrible. And you know, I don't know how you know any team of any level or any gender could actually play on that. It did look really bad. And they've yeah, they've got to do something about it. If there's there's obviously plenty of grounds in Liverpool that I'm mean, they're probably going to have to look at going elsewhere. I think. Yeah, they 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 probably will, and it, it's a shame. And it's it's really strange that uh, this kind of conversation is actually taking place at this point of the season. We've had quite a mild winter, when you think about it. Some games usually called off because of a frozen pitch, um, particularly in January when you believe it's going to be really cold. But waterlogged pitch and the pitch not being in ideal condition. It means that either they're, they're not taking care of the pitch in between games, a lack of ground staff, or the actual ground itself is just not suitable for regular football. Uh, and that's something that they, they really need to, to look at. Um, you know, that, and, and it's, it's, it's a shame. So if I were to 
uh, give Liverpool uh, in terms of their ground the spice rating, it wouldn't even make lemon and herb. They they knew they de- they need to actually sort something out because it is impacting on them, and it's impacting on on the image of the game and and the league overall. Uh, talking about pitches, there's a, there was another game that actually stood out for me when I was watching it, and and this was the Brighton versus Everton game. I was looking at that game on the FA Player. And I thought the pitch there was a little bit, bit dodgy itself. It it looked quite patchy. Um, it it really did. So yeah, maybe it's not just Liverpool have to to look at their pitch. Um, there are other teams within the Women's Super League that also have to to take into consideration what they do for the rest of this season and next season. But did you see the game or the highlights of that game uh, at all? Uh, again, the Brighton game. Yeah, I did. See yeah, that the Brighton. I've noticed. Um... At Crawley, yeah, I've noticed that um, myself. I, you know, watching the watching the highlights, or I've seen a few games on the player live um, from from Crawley. And yeah, and it doesn't look it doesn't look the best of pitches. Um, I'm actually going there um, with Bristol City at the end of March, so it will be nice to actually see it up close and see how it plays and what it looks like, you know, with the eye. So um, yeah. Well, when when you do, you will be able to feed back to us firsthand as to what it looks like in terms of um, players being able to control the ball on it and does the ball actually run true to word as it should do on a football pitch. Uh, and, and being marched, there should be uh, somewhat more grass available for the players to stand on instead of it just being sand. Yeah, you'd like to think so. Um, end of, it's actually right at the end of March, so it should be, you know, you're, all, you're sort of into spring and... There should be, yeah, there should be no issues with the pitch whatsoever, really. None whatsoever. Right, OK, so let's move away from them. And in terms of the next fixture, it's one that I attended. It's the Reading versus Manchester United women. But before we hear from myself, let's hear from Kelly Chambers, uh, the Reading women manager, and her final thoughts at the end of the game. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought the first the first half was really evenly matched. I think we, we adapted in the, the, the second half. We changed shape, um, changed personnel in different positions and the girls came out and delivered. And I actually think probably over the second half we probably should have taken all three points. Uh, surprising that Farrell Williams missed the penalty. <laughs> yes, and she'll be look. She'll be the worst critic of herself. She'll be she'll be um, beating herself up. And but fair play to her to step up, step up and take the second one and put it away as she did um, was phenomenal. And um, from those moments and just the, the chances we're creating, we need to be scoring more goals. And, and what will you take from this result in terms of the rest of the season? Um, yeah, it's huge. It's a huge point. Look, they, I know they've had a tough week, Man United, and um, to come here with obviously on the back end of, of three games and. Um, with, if you like, probably a little bit of depleted squad as, as Casey would have right now. But yeah, we, look, it was important for us to take something away from this game. And um, it's a case now with obviously Everton dropping points today and the, le- it, the league is really wide open. And I think for us, it's, we need to stay concentrated on us and, and our next game and not thinking any further and then going, right, what's the next game? And we want to try and get maximum points where we can. Uh, one more question. Do you think you can get full spot? Yes, I do. All right. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. I attended this game and I have to say, watching it in the first half, it was a very scrappy affair. Uh, In terms of spice, there was no spice. Uh, But the actual hottest topic in the game, before I get to the performance of the players, was the referee. (laughs) I don't know what was going on with her and her 
uh, assistance. It was a very, very strange affair. And because of it, things kind of uh, lost control or the players lost control on the pitch in periods and the management on the side of the pitch, well, they were apoplectic, you know. So um, did you see this game, Richard, and what do you think of it? I saw the, um, I obviously saw the, the penalty decision. Oh. And yeah, um, I thought that was absolutely appalling, to be fair. I mean, it was, I mean, I, was, I, I spoke to somebody last night about it and um, you could actually, you don't, you didn't need to watch it. You didn't need like you, some of these decisions you need to watch three or four times to see what actually happened. And then you can't make a decision. But to be fair, I watched that the first time and you could see it, it blatantly comes off her head. Yeah, even at full speed, it was um, you know, it was pretty. It was a well, I say it was one of the worst decisions I've seen. Yeah, it. You know, I, I, I mean, I thought I'd go to you first because of being there live. You watch something in real time and you question what happened, and you know, mm. we're looking at each other, thinking, what, what, what? Why did the referee blow? We don't know why she's blown. You know, in terms of words to use to describe it, an injustice would be too weak. Uh, in terms of the overall decision that was given. In terms of the officials' performance, um, inept would be too weak uh, in terms of a spice level. Performance from the, the officials was extremely poor. Um, I, I believe at times they lost control of the game. And that decision itself really took away from the spectacle of the game itself where, you know, fans and, you know, pundits and, and you know, we who we were talking on this podcast and other podcasts Instead of actually highlighting on the best bits of the game, we're talking about the officials. And this has been something that has been rumbling on for a number of weeks where fans have said and mentioned about the, the level of the, the officials, the performance of the referees in games and how some of the decisions have been, have been extremely poor. And, and, and that decision alone, even, even in normal speed, you just cannot work out what the referee actually saw at that moment in time. I know that the game was played on the same day as the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe she had visions that she saw a flag and it was thrown in to say that there was a foul play and, you know, she kind of got away with it. <laughs> you know, she's sponsored by an official uh, Super Bowl um, beverage. But I just cannot believe that referees can make that kind of error. And I have to say as error so blatantly in a game when 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 it's clear that you it was never a penalty ever yeah i think we need to look at the referees don't we um i mean i don't know which with what position says i was talking to somebody yesterday and it was oh maybe she was in the wrong position at the wrong angle but still you shouldn't be making you shouldn't be making uh, errors like that um yeah maybe we need to look at our referees and get in getting higher higher caliber referees I mean, because that's the sort of referees we're getting are sort of non-league, men's non-league sort of equivalent, which really isn't good enough. Yeah. I, I mean, even if that were the case and, you know, those referees have been promoted to a, a, a game which is uh, normally higher in terms of importance, the referee could have been sitting in the stands with everyone else and she still wouldn't have made that call. So in terms of where she was positioned on the pitch. I am confused as to what she saw. I do hope that the officials who are, have an overall overview of the, 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 the assistants and the referees in the women's game and the FA go back and watch this game. They review 
the errors that were made, which were extremely blatant. You don't have to go too far to find out that it wasn't a penalty and put in place necessary steps or programs for referees to be reflective in their practice so that they can actually say, this is where we went wrong. We hold our hands up. It's not helpful at the time, but we will do our level best not to make those mistakes again, because it really is imperative that the the officials within these games not only have a grip of, of the players on the pitch, but have an understanding of what the rules are. And, you know, I have to say, I, I felt sorry for the Manchester United players who were in a very, very tough, physical, scrappy encounter and, and will feel hard done by not to walk away with a, a, um, a, a win. Um, but, you know, that, that in itself is... Uh, the, the key thing that stands out from that game. In terms of the actual uh, performance from the players on the pitch, as, as I mentioned, the, the first half was a very strange affair. Reading have a very good way of playing football. They use their full-backs or sorry, their centre-backs to good effect normally where they bypass the midfield and try and uh, knock balls over the uh, full-backs to, into space so that their players can run onto. But for some reason, the game didn't take on in the first half, there were misplaced passes in the final third. They just they just couldn't seem to get a grip. And at one point, which was really strange, uh, there the Manchester United goalkeeper went down with an injury, and no one could understand why she'd gone down because there was no one around her. And we then saw two Manchester United players changing their boots, uh, and there was a comment next to me and said, "Someone said, I wonder if she's gone down so the players can change their boots." but there's nothing wrong with her. So, I mean, that comment was mentioned to me. I kind of looked around thinking, mm, I hadn't thought of that, but it was very, very strange because uh, players were losing their footing and it was it was clear to see something was wrong. The second half was a totally different affair. It was feisty. There was good football. Reading changed, as, as Kelly mentioned, their formation. Uh, Farrell Williams, who for me is one of the standout players in the Women's Super League. Doesn't necessarily get all the praise because she's playing at Reading. But if there was a an all-star team, 11 for the Women's Super League, she would be in it, along with Erin Cuthbert, of course. Uh, and she dropped back. You know, I'd have a, 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 a fondness for Erin Cuthbert because of her skill level. And uh, a lot of people will question my loyalties for another team, but they can leave me alone. Um, but she was playing as a number 10, more or less, in the first half. She then went back in front of the back four and the game changed. She literally took control like a quarterback. Her deliveries were great. They were mixing things up and they started to change in terms of the, the attacking prowess that they had and, and caused more problems for Manchester United. And I have never seen a player take corners with either foot with such consummate ease and precision as this player. Farrah Williams, uh, people should actually watch the way that she takes corners because... She could score from them every week, left foot, right foot. It's absolutely ridiculous. So um, fair play to her. She missed a penalty, which was odd. Fantastic save for Mary Earps to get down right down to her, uh, her right-hand side. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, um, Farrah Williams gets another opportunity, an opportunity, to be fair, that she should not have been given. But, you know, when your team's down and you're trying to get points on the board she she stood up and uh actually dispatched it very very well right into top the top corner of the net so uh, uh a difficult game I, I suppose for the players 
from a Manchester United point of view. Reading will feel extremely pleased with the point. Um, and it's a game that neither team would have probably wanted to lose because it is right now, the way that the league stands, it, it is a fight for top the, the fourth spot, really, in, in, in truth, because the top three are in a totally different league of their own. And you only have to look at the, the league table in terms of points and goals scored to see that. Um, so, you know, as an encounter, it was a good game in the second half. First half was, was extremely scrappy and considering the personnel on the pitch. And uh, from a Reading's point of view, they will be very, very uh, upset. Well, I think the Reading goalkeeper will probably look back and think in terms of, of the goal that she conceded, if that were a spice rating, it would definitely be lacking salt and pepper because the ball went between her legs and uh, she should have saved that, really. She should have saved that. She should have saved that. Um, is there anything else you want to add to that? Because I know I've waffled on about this game because I was there in the moment. But do you want anything to add to that one, Rich? Yeah, I totally agree about um, Farah Williams. She's um, she's one of the greatest players of all time, to be fair. I mean, she was, I think she was discarded. Discarded... Uh, discarded from England way too soon yeah um but I mean yeah yeah Pete I mean you you, you know you, you get the old adage oh you know kids should be watching this this player this player but but she is she is the player that that people should watch because I mean she, not just the way she plays but her her professionalism throughout the whole of her career you know to play that long you know for what what is it that she's the record ever in Lion, well, record ever England uh, caps, male or female. I mean, yeah, she's just an absolute legend. And we're playing a, we're playing them on um, on Sunday at um, Stoke Gifford. So, really, yeah. always that's the highlight of the seasons, you know, watching her play. So, really looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, when I I, I say that she could be in a, an all star team, I do generally mean it because I could not. Um, believe the delivery that she was putting in and they were causing so many problems to to the the Manchester United defenders and goalkeeper uh, she has been fantastic career but like I say it was a it was a um, a great game in the second half where both midfields had an, an equal amount of the uh, the ball in terms of possession but uh, in terms of the result I would say that uh, Reading will be happier Manchester United definitely far from happy and uh, the Manchester United bench, and at one point, I couldn't, I wasn't sure if uh, the assistant coach or, or the manager for Manchester United was actually given a, a yellow card to add salt to the wounds uh, uh, for something that happened uh, in terms of maybe the ball was uh, uh, off the pitch from a throw. It, it was very unclear at the time, but um, they were far from happy. So not good at all. So in terms of the, the other games that were there, Manchester City versus Arsenal. Um, did you see this one on the old highlights of the old FA, the fantastic FA player? I watched it. Um, I watched it. To be fair, I watched the women's football show last night. Oh. Yeah, I watched, I watched highlights of that. Obviously, that was the main, um, I think that was the main game. So, um, yeah, it was uh, a good send-off for Nick Cushing. Obviously, um, a brilliant career for Man City. Um Moving on to uh, supposedly bigger and better things, but um, yeah, it was a good performance. Um, yeah, good performance by Man City. Um, yeah, but what do you say? You know. Yeah, well, uh, to be honest, 
the, the, the fanfare for Nick Cushion has been going on for a number of weeks now. He's had a long goodbye. Uh, and obviously, he's going to work in America under the Manchester City umbrella. And uh, he will probably end up managing a women's team over there as part of their franchise. In terms of the game, it was definitely revenge uh, in, in terms of the fixtures and the results uh, from their Conti Cup defeat uh, previously against Arsenal. Uh, Manchester City uh, doing their level best to cause uh, the, the top three teams a little bit of a ruffle in their soup, you know, to, to add some spice because it, this this league is far from over in terms of who's going to win. Uh, so it was it was a good performance from them. And obviously, the, the second goal was a header. That, that it's a good thing they didn't have the referee that was down at Adams Park because that might have been might have been a penalty or a free kick. You know, you just never know. Yeah. It might have been the brief. It might it might have been the brief as to what they needed to do. Um, in terms of the next fixture that you're going to go to, Rich, what's going to happen? Where are you off to next? Well, we've got um, obviously Reading at home on. On Saturday, sorry yeah. Sunday. So yeah. yeah, that's a big um, that's a big fixture for us. Um, obviously, what about we, we had a good three-all draw against Reading at, at the uh, Majeski Stadium earlier on in the season. So uh, yeah, so that give us plenty of um, hope going towards going to this game, which is another yeah. big game obviously for us. And so, the following game, you've got an, an, another big game, a game which is a midweek fixture. We've got, yeah, Man- Manchester City away. So uh, that's um, that's one of, I've never been to the Academy Stadium. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that one. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be uh, it's under, it's under the lights. Um, I'm not, I'm, to be fair, I'm not hoping for a lot on the pitch. <laughs> but um, but saying that, our last trip there, we got, um, we were 2 nil up and got a 2 all draw. So, um, so, yeah, plenty to... Uh, Plenty to be optimistic about. Indeed, indeed. Well, there are obviously a big games. Manchester United are at home. They play host to um, the in-form and on-fire uh, Aaron Cuthbert's Chelsea. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be a feisty affair, considering they recently met in the Conti Cup as well. And there are other big games. I believe also there is Arsenal versus Tottenham, the North London derby. So that will no doubt have a full house. Um, so, yeah, all good fun in the WSL. Let's hope that the pitches hold out and the, the officials have uh, read the rule book and they know what handball actually looks like. You might have to start getting rubber gloves to put on my head. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's probably a good shout. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to say that that's out from us this week. Rich, you've got anything to say before you go? What's your Twitter? What's your Twitter handle so that people can find you on Twitter? Um, Rich Pace, um, I think it's just Rich, Rich Pace actually, to be honest. It is and actually, yeah, I think it probably is just Rich Pace, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what else? What else? So, is there? so like, so obviously, the, the last week, obviously, we were, um, we had the FA Cup last week, which uh, probably should just skip over for Manchester United, shouldn't we? <clears throat> Let's move along. <laughs> Let's move along. We can edit that one out, Rich. We can edit it out. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, th- let's just say um, officials were the issue that day as well. You know, there's this calls about it being over the line and we need goal line technologies and we need VAR. I'll be honest with you, considering all of the things that we need, 
we need decent pitches first and then we need good referees. We can get those things, then everything else can fall into place afterwards. But if you don't have the basics, then it's not worth asking for, you know, Google to to monitor your games because it's just not going to make any sense at all. What was ironic, though, um, in the FA Cup, we had an absolute... We had torrential rain, absolutely. It was raining for... Well, we had 90 minutes plus an extra 30 minutes of um, extra time, and... And the pitch was, pitch was wonderful. We we are lucky um, at Bristol City. We do have a very good a very good pitch. It's lush, as they say. It's lush, yeah, yeah. We um we had a terrific game. We won one nil, beat beat um, Durham one nil in extra time, and it was a terrific game. It's just a shame that there wasn't many people to watch it. Obviously, because of the weather. Um, I think the weather put a lot of people off. Yeah, and you know something, the, the, the Durham, which is has been deemed to be so physical as well by myself, you go, Bristol go and beat them 1-0. You know, who would have figured that? Um, I won't go on too much about the FA Cup because there's not much for me to talk about in terms of Manchester United, but, you know, we can move along very, very quickly. Oh, I do believe it's near the, <laughs> near the end. <laughs> it's near the end. Right, okay, that's enough from myself and uh, Rich. We're going to uh, move along now and say bye to the listeners. Uh, please look out for Rich and Rod's WSL Takeout next time. We're back in two weeks where we will go over some of the fantastic games, the individual performances, and hopefully talk a lot less about the referees. I'll see you very, very soon. Bye for now. Say bye, Rich. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, guys. See, see he says bye as well. All right. See you later. Hope you enjoy this one, guys. Bye. Let's hustle. we got a lot of hungry people out here.